Welcome to Film Buddies with Tuesday, and Tyra is back for episode two. She's episode our guest two. host again. <laughs> yes. Um, again, the goal of this podcast is to focus on female identifying and non-binary individuals who may have been overlooked through early cinema history. Um, Tyra's background is as an actress, right? Yes, I am an actress, writer, uh, just recent newborn content creator <laughs> on YouTube <laughs> as well. Yeah, you can follow me on Projecto Imaginarium. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> on YouTube, you're Projecto Imaginarium, mm-hmm. but on Instagram, you're on mistress. Inst- I am mistress of the imaginarium. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I have also. I still call myself a filmmaker, but in the last couple of weeks, I've started going. Wait, should I be just a content creator? Because we're doing video and we're doing podcasts. Like, yeah. It's not just one digital format. No, not at all. It's it's. I've only recently settled on that title just because as you try to put together a resume, it's like, mm-hmm. what do you do? Yeah. It's like, what do you need me to do? Right. Yeah, like... I do everything. <laughs> yeah, I think Much that's... like the women we discuss here. Yeah, totally. <laughs> this, for, this second episode, we're going to talk about Agnes Varta, mm-hmm. which, like, again, I don't know why we're tackling French women whose names I can't pronounce. Because they do it. Better. Yeah. <laughs> and also Lucy Worsley, who's a British... Mm-hmm. Um, historian. Yes. Yeah. Um, British historian, cu- creator of uh, royal historical houses. Yeah, and, and, and palaces. Bob Ware. <laughs> <laughs> Anya's also actually is kind of like has a very distinctive haircut too. Like, yes. Yes. It's interesting. Yeah, the I was looking. Okay. I can see. Have like very particular kind of. Yes, bowl cuts. Lucy. Yeah. <laughs> Lucy Worsley only does the 60s bowl cut. Yeah. Um, and Varta. Um, she has more of a bowl cut, to be honest. Yeah. She can she wear grew- it. So it works for her. I couldn't tell if she was growing out the red or... No, that's, I think, a stylistic choice. Yeah, I was thinking that, too. Yeah. But I was like, who am I to judge? But right. at the same time, yeah, I can't help Very but think of that. Very look. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll start with Agnes, and then we'll transition to Lucy. Mm-hmm. Agnes is a French filmmaker and photographer. Mm-hmm. She is known as the mother of the French New Wave, which was popularized by Francois Truffaut and Jean-Luc Godard. Mm-hmm. Um, Go I feel so pretentious just trying to yeah. say pretentious. <laughs> <laughs> um, but she tackled both fiction and nonfiction. Um, and I think really using the word auteur to describe her, I think, is mm-hmm. a good, a great idea because she really tried to have her hand from writing to editing. So she really wanted to have like total creative control in a way so that it's like totally her vision from start to finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think having creative control, like I'm always back and forth as to, you know, we always think that's like so amazing that, you know, she did it all. And then I wonder sometimes just because I've been stuck in that position is, is it because they wanted to have complete creative control? And the reason I ask that mm-hmm. is like, cause sometimes too, I feel like we get into a space where it's almost a little egotistical, but that's also coming from yeah. men mm-hmm. where they want things exacting. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> I want. I don't ever want to put that label on a woman where she's like, oh, she's being exacting, and right. then have the caveat or, or the explanation. Well, he, a man would do it. I think sometimes is 
we're, we just get stuck. Yeah. And you don't have that help and support as other men do. And the reality is you have to do it all mm-hmm. by yourself. Yeah. Um, I wonder if that's also the case too, uh-huh. is like, did she get lower budgets for these things? So uh-huh. it was like, oh, well, it's not like I can pay uh-huh. an editor a full amount. So I'll just hire someone to assist me in the edit because I can afford that. Yeah. 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 I think that's a good point. Like we don't totally know. Uh-huh what the motivation was yeah yeah for that situation situation. and motivation (laughs) yeah um and then lucy worsley is a british historian curator which we mentioned Mm -hmm. and she mostly seems to have worked with the bbc which is kind of cool like she is to the bbc what i would say ken burns is to pbs yeah i think that's a good way to do it (laughs) like Like you can only i mean she's a staple yeah he he, she's a staple just like he's a staple Mm -hmm. and sometimes you can find his stuff in the theater but i think only in extraordinary circumstances it's Mm -hmm. like if you have a good partnership yeah i think you're right particularly for documentary series Mm -hmm. i would just go for it and she has been really (laughs) prolific like looking up the work that she's done, mm-hmm. I was surprised, like, on her Wikipedia page when it shows all her work, mm-hmm. that there was three to, like, five or six mm-hmm. Jackie series per year, which, like, that's a lot of research and a lot of filming to do for someone who has a job as a curator yes. and is also writing books. Like, she stays yeah. really busy. She stays extremely busy to the point, <laughs> like, I I think that's why I admire, I admire people who have prolific work like that yeah just because it'll never really that that'll never really be me between health and other yeah. things i do need amount i of space. aspire to that yeah. but i also like vacation yeah i i, <laughs> I need i always say i need dream space mm. like i need time but at the same time i think she's actually worked it out as well to where sometimes those other docu there's one main docu series mm-hmm. and then there's another one where she is actually doing with someone else their oh, collaboration okay. so she'll be that with, breaks it up for mm-hmm. for her that's good yeah so she'll be do something with someone like helen caster who oh, is okay. another bbc mm-hmm. uh, stable and i forget the gentleman's name but she's done other docu series with them okay. or partnerships where it's based which i think is really and great. i'm sure there's writing teams so she's not like yeah but i think hey, that shows uh, for people like us who are like oh my god like i can't do that much it shows like no collaborations mm-hmm. also asking for help or yeah. have, setting up a team around you also um like i lost the thought but it was like one other thing where talking about what you know mm-hmm. is really really great Mm -hmm. if you know that like lucy worsley is really really good particularly on domestic spaces and the Mm -hmm. role of women from the medieval period to about the georgian period do it yeah that's true yeah that's that's already her expertise yeah yeah and then you just expand on that and Mm -hmm. do what you know like she started with her before she did the bbc or i think her first bbc appearance was like as a co-host mm-hmm. on one particular or co-documentarian on one particular um little like fun thing which was like the body of henry the eighth mm. and i think her energy and just expertise melded together but mm-hmm. before that she would do i don't think you can find them anymore she would do like anywhere to two to five minute little historian 
things. I think I saw one on YouTube when I was looking up her suffragette series. Mm-hmm. I saw like just like I think it's two and a half minutes. It's like the history of the suffragettes with Lucy Worsley. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I'm trying to find the show, but all right, I'll watch. Yeah, this. <laughs> she can. Yeah, she can do more of those as well. Like moder- usually with her shows, she'll do that again. This mm. particular, particularly for YouTube or for mm-hmm. like uh, Facebook. Or any other social media. It's kind of like digital, not quite a digital ad or teaser, Mm. but like, here's some attention to a show I'm going to do. Yeah, yeah. And it would keep people, but it harkens back to like how she began, Mm because she would do, she did the five minutes on like the evolution of toilet paper. And (laughs) and you're like, oh, well, I never thought, yeah, how do people wipe their ass in the medieval times? <laughs> and it, you, you don't think to think yeah. that. But I think because she's so engaging and you knew she knew what she was talking mm-hmm. about in a short five minutes. Right. And it, it was a way to people to get involved, especially because I think when she started doing it, Facebook was so new. Right. And, you know, you know people are doing TikToks or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like... <laughs> yeah, this is what you can do as well. So if you know something, Lucy Worsley is an example of if you know something. Right. And, and you, you want to create content. And you want to create content. You don't have to do an hour and 45 minutes. I think the lesson learned, or I, like especially me talking about it now, just do five minutes. Yeah, start small and start. see where it takes you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Took her to the BBC. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good way or a long way that it took yeah. her. Those five-minute videos to BBC, mm-hmm. I think we can all aspire to that. Yes. <laughs> um, but with Agnes, we'll, mm-hmm. go, we'll go back in time to 1928, where she was born in Belgium, mm-hmm. um, but was raised in France. And I thought it was particularly interesting that she lived on a boat in World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like, I, I don't quite know why she lived on a, on a boat in a port city, it, but I don't know if it's like the city well, was overrun or something. Well, is it like the same concept of like, okay, like we're getting geeky now. Like there's a show I used to love <laughs> called Highlander and he lived on a barge and that seemed to be a thing. Interesting. On the Champs de l'Elysée. Yeah. I want to say. We're just going to apologize we're just to gonna all say people who can that, pronounce that French. That river that runs through <laughs> Paris, but like yeah. uh, it, it seemed to be a common thing. Okay. And I remember, I remember Zora Neale Hurston saying she lived on a boat. So maybe okay. it's more just like common. the time. Yeah. And less about like there's war going on and more just like people lived on boats. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I think they still do. I, I, remember... I would love to live on a boat for a year, I think, tops. And then yeah. I think I'd be good. Yeah. I don't know if people do it now. <laughs> I think, I, yeah, I always said like it was really set up. I was okay. like, that seemed like a sweet deal. I feel like now it's more expensive to Probably. like do a little. Because like what about plumbing? Yeah. I, I forgot. <laughs> I don't know how any of this worked out. I just know it looked like an awesome yeah thing to do if you're gonna live in the middle of paris to live on live a barge on do it. Yeah. <laughs> i believe they called it a barge like they, they got really snobby i see because a boat to me implies like a speedboat where a barge is like a large living space mm-hmm. yeah yeah and it was it, i i think they called it even if it was smaller that you know it was as a way to saying like this is more of a home yeah. space the difference between eating pigeon and you know swab yeah. <laughs> or you know fish eggs and caviar right, it's right, like if right. you say it in a prettier way right. this is a it's living more space. appealing yes. yeah <laughs> for sure um she also attended the Sarbonne mm-hmm. for school and 
I can't pronounce this other school, so let's not worry about it. The Louvre. The Louvre. <laughs> I felt, and then she also studied photography at the mm-hmm. Vanguard School of Photography. So she studied like art history, mm-hmm. literature, psychology, photography. She is all over the map, I think, trying to figure out her interests. Mm-hmm. I think it's also just a very French way, like being yeah. a student. Even when I, I re- or maybe that's just the American impression from like reading things after it. it's mm. like everyone seems to be at the university and you like <laughs> <laughs> and they're all doing art and studying so mm-hmm. uh, at least in my head that seems like I something see. you could just do when in america you better have an end game right like four four hard years and then you're out in the world making money mm-hmm. which is not true at all but that's yeah what we're sold mm-hmm. or maybe that's what i'm sold on as an american like maybe yeah, right? the, like just the Thinking the grass is greener is mm-hmm. like you could just go over there and floss. <laughs> like just that have, could be. have coffee, wine, and right, cigarettes right. and then just philosophize. That would be nice. <laughs> yes. That's just because we want to kick back and like stop hustling for yeah. a minute. Well, they also make it seem like that's what you could do, mm-hmm. you know. Like... Which it probably was, especially at the time when she was a like a student mm-hmm. in the 40s yeah. or late 40s. You're like, talking like pre-World War II, so I'm guessing like, yeah, yeah. you could just, it just seemed like, like a yeah, fun sure. time. And then afterwards, she started working as a photographer. And mm-hmm. this, I think, is something relatable to a lot of people in the industry was that she would take photos of families and like mm-hmm. take wedding photos to make money. But that's not what her artistic interest was. It's mm-hmm. just something that she was like, well, I can make money doing this. And then I get better at photography and I can really focus on the photography art I want to do and like mm-hmm. focusing on composition on the side and I was like oh wow yeah. so many of us are like yeah sure I'll make I'll do like I'll create ads which I'm not the most stoked in but because it's in the industry and related to what I want to do mm-hmm. like sure I'll do it because it makes money yeah I think um people like Ava du- DuVernay who mm-hmm. did commercials and did commercials exactly like that and she also did like PR yeah right before yes, yeah before um I don't hear about Hype Williams too much now, but Hype Williams elevated video, mm. you know, production, mm-hmm. music videos, like looking at his videos in the 2000s and the 90s, like mm-hmm. those were cinematic movies mm-hmm. to think like something as small as that that was going on at MTV. But like I look at music videos now, they were not as near as artistic. No, they depress me because I want them to be really good. Yeah. And maybe one in a hundred is actually maybe. artsy. It's only, de- it depends on the artist. Like mm-hmm. if you, like if you are someone like Taylor Swift or anyone else thinking about what they want right. to do, then you could do it. If, you know, but it's also like getting back to that example, someone mm-hmm. like Neil Gaiman who worked for right. newspapers for years. Mm-hmm. And now when he has like, you know, mm-hmm. they have those lectures and you get to hear. Right. And he gives that advice. He's like, look, eventually you're going to have to eat. Yeah. And eventually you're going to have to choose what your end goal is. Is it taking you closer to the mountain or mm-hmm. away from the mountain? Yeah. And I know you don't really like this job. But at the same time, you learn how to work on a deadline. Mm-hmm. You learn about punctuation and grammar. So right. all those different things that I learned, those are the rudimentary parts mm-hmm. that take from being into the classroom to real life about mm-hmm. what you're going to do. Um, it puts that on paper and then once you learn whatever you're going to learn you could do whatever yeah so learn how to the best of your ability how to do a basic newspaper story <laughs> and then you could do like some crazy ass story like oh what would happen if a werewolf bit a chair right yeah 
<laughs> and then you, you could like do that. putting your time first on the boring putting your stuff time. and then yeah channel your creativity with those skills yeah i think because especially in the 90s i think there was a spirit of just do it mm-hmm. if you're not doing it then you don't want it and then there's <laughs> And the, then you have people like her and like Neil Gaiman mm-hmm. who have extreme imaginations and right. are really, really great. We're saying, whoa, whoa, whoa. Right. But they know had to eat. No one's just going to give them the opportunity. <laughs> no. So they're building that foundation to sell themselves. Especially with their imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If, especially if you have imagination like that, mm-hmm. you're going to have to convince somebody. Yeah. Or you're gonna need like, money, and um, you need. You're it. gonna want to invest in me in ten years. Yeah, and you can't. <laughs> and I love to. We would all love to have that attitude, mm-hmm. and you have that attitude for yourself. Mm-hmm. You'll be sorry. That's fine. <laughs> That's what you tell yourself when you look in the mirror before the interview, and then after the mm-hmm. interview when they kick you out, they'll be sorry. But in the meantime, they'll be sorry. Yes. Yeah. Do your job, get that check, mm-hmm. and let's go on. And this worked out for Anya because mm-hmm. she. Did get a job um, being the photographer for People's National Theater. Mm-hmm. Part of it was probably because her friend was a director, but let's not focus on that. Uh, <laughs> she did hold the position for a decade and was a good enough photographer that um, I saw that she got to travel as a photojournalist for some stories unrelated mm-hmm. to the theater. So I'm like, all right, she must have proved herself to be talented as a photographer if people were going to travel her around as a photojournalist. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, a photojournalist, it just always seems cool. Or at least it, it does. does in the movies. Yeah. Fly me around and I'll take photos of stuff. Yes. Yeah, it seems cool. It's always some perky young woman reporter getting herself in trouble. With the camera. It's like, why are you there? Yeah. It's also like, not all of them can be trusted to show reality as it is because mm. some realities sell better than others. Oh yeah, absolutely. But, but that's political, so we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> um, but while Agnes is this photographer for the theater, she's also starting to like dive into filmmaking. She's not quite into documentary yet. She's more into like this. It is narrative, but it's shot documentary style mm-hmm. and really um, has a focus on composition. Like you can tell she's coming from a photography background because of the way she's framing shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw LaPointe Court in... I think it was in one of my classes when we were talking about French New Wave. Mm. And yeah, it was it was kind of cool. I could not tell you what the story was about other than A Fisherman's Village, but yes. I do remember the shots being very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so you could call this like the precursor to the French New Wave because that came a few le- years later when like the men were involved. Mm-hmm. But they, they point to her as the inspiration for that style with jump cuts and... Mm-hmm. and like handheld cameras and utilizing natural light and shooting on location most of which was probably budgetary because it's not like she had a ton of money yeah. to go shoot this big production she's just like well i have a little bit of money so i can shoot real people who are acting for me in this place where they live yeah yeah it's it's that's a whole lot of things i don't know about and can get somewhat aggravated about while watching just like <laughs> just finish the point yeah <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you're like, all right, I get it. Yeah. <laughs> they're, or, they're philosophizing again. Yes, I know. But the, then it, at the same time when like I create something, because I usually, my, I mean, you know me personally. Mm-hmm. My go-to is horror sci-fi and mm-hmm. fantasy. And to know that sometimes I'm kicked out of like the normie right. with quotation marks, you know, <laughs> f- 
film thing because they want to do odds and you know mm-hmm. you see what gets in versus not and you yeah know, it could literally be someone chasing a balloon and it was like <laughs> how is this different than vampires right. please <laughs> yeah it's in the same fantastical world yeah but like something so is considered art and yeah you know highbrow mm-hmm. versus lowbrow mm-hmm. yeah it is interesting mm-hmm. she um Let's see. Oh, in 1961. So mm-hmm. her first film was 1955, and it took another six years before she could make her second film, mm-hmm. Cleo, from five to seven, which I think I also saw in a French New Wave class, which was pretty interesting. It's very existential because mm-hmm. it's following this young woman who I, I think she's a singer, mm-hmm. and she. The film feels like it's very long, but it's supposedly set in a two-hour time frame where she's waiting to hear whether she has cancer or not. Mm -hmm. But I swear, when I saw the movie, it was like a month. (laughs) So I'm like, oh, well, at least I did not realize this was only set in two hours. Oh, my God. That is wild to me. I'm just hoping through you, I'm feeling like maybe because you identify with the character, like it's too long. (laughs) But, I mean, it was still pretty interesting to see. I mean, it's also, like, I think French films are very different than American films, just, like, on a foundational level and how they write the scripts and, like, what's interesting to a French audience versus American audience and culturally different. Yeah, yeah. Um, But it's still kind of interesting to see that play out. I feel like American, like, we love the formula, whatever the formula is. We do. And it doesn't matter if it's drama, documentary, like, you, it, we love the formula. Mm-hmm. Where the French are like, you know, the Americans, we love the formula, and then we think of the audience, and the end game is, right. does the audience understand it? To the point it's almost detrimental where you will have so many studio notes because you're like, the mm-hmm. audience is not going to understand it. Yeah. And they will dumb it down to the point of, like, the audience more that understands it, it you've now considered right. them too dumb, where the French are like... <laughs> Uh, they, they will know, they will know. They will see it, and then wait, wait until they come out. <laughs> you, they will see it, and then they will know. Yeah. You know, it's just. And very... I don't think we do a lot of like existential things. No, we're like, yeah, we don't. Maybe like you it. can watch a character in a movie be existential for like fifteen minutes, but the other characters are not. Yeah, we part don't... of that. No, we don't like existential things. You can watch a character go through an existential crisis, mm-hmm. but that's about it. But we don't need to go on the journey. No, we don't need to go on the journey. <laughs> Hell no. We'll just I'll watch watch them experience no. it. And when I was doing more research, because I was like, I know she did a documentary film, but the only films I could think of immediately were <laughs> the two like French New Wave style films that I had seen. So in doing more research, it was cool to see that she... Like, traveled to the U.S. in 1968 and covered the Black Panthers mm-hmm. for Huey P. Newton's, like, um, when people are trying to get him out of prison. Yes. I was like, wow, that's cool. Like, how did she get that job? Yeah. Or, like... Well, it, it's interesting because she even covers it, and there's a point in the film where the minister of, I want to say, information is talking about reaching out mm-hmm. because she's like explaining that she knows others are interested for various reasons whether to shut them down or they're just curious mm-hmm. so i feel like there was a common ground in that point mm. and it was just very to me it was very interesting to see early on someone trying to make sense of this someone outside yeah. of the community trying to make sense of this situation mm-hmm. and why it's important and why it should be spoken upon right. without necessarily it doesn't seem to be as naive or rose-colored glasses mm-hmm. as like sometimes you see people people 
particularly white people who wanted to work with the Black Panthers mm-hmm. and or any type of kind of racial organization where mm-hmm. you get people who are just involved with the romanticism of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't feel it was it was coming from a lens of being romantic. I felt like it was coming from the lens of being very genuine. Mm-hmm. Genuine I, curiosity. Mm-hmm. A genuine curiosity and seeing what was playing out and showing people how perhaps they saw themselves mm-hmm. and explaining themselves in this situation. And I found that really gratifying, especially yeah. because it's happening in real time as mm-hmm. this is happening rather than having like history. 20 years later, 20 years we're later. interviewing people now with rose colored glasses because of how they remember yeah. the events yeah. rather than they're at the event or their own rose colored glasses of I'm going to explain to you why this is important mm-hmm. or, you know, having been raised now with different sensibilities, mm-hmm. this is happening in real time. And I think that was kind of great to discover. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was cool. And I, she also, I think, got to travel to Cuba for something. Mm-hmm. So she definitely traveled and like made documentaries, although they all kind of seem lower budget. Because, mm-hmm. hey, if, if I can travel and you don't really pay me all that much, I'll shoot whatever because yeah. I'd rather travel. Or, or, you know, very much like I don't know what the production history of it. Yeah. But if you could for your own self. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, you're gonna have your camera with you, or you happen to be there. Just grab the camera and go. Yeah. Like people do that all the time, That's vlogging true. their mm-hmm. trip. That's true. To maybe she, maybe she's an OG vlogger. Yeah, <laughs> and if just stumbled yeah. upon cool things. Yeah, or if yeah. you have enough money, or like I always think of taking a trip to um, South Carolina just for my own mm. folklore and folkloric um, curiosity mm-hmm. and. If I just happen to have my phone or whatever, just pick it up. And yeah. if you put it together, why not make it? Mm-hmm. If you have the idea, make it. Yeah. And this, um, her Black Panthers doc was less than 30 minutes. So it's mm-hmm. not like you have to hit 90 minutes or something no, for a no, documentary. No, no, no. You can make it a short. Yeah. Especially if you're working with your own budget and own rules. Mm-hmm. No one to break the rules. Yeah. <laughs> and another doc that is, it's on Amazon Prime mm-hmm. and it's called daguerreotypes mm-hmm. um that look it seems kind of like a cute film because it's just like these shopkeepers on one street and she's just interviewing them and a lot of the shots are very portrait style where it's like mm-hmm. there's one to three people and it looks like a photo and they're just like hey i was born here and this is where i work and this is my name mm-hmm. um i thought that was interesting and i was like oh we could do that here like we could just go to some street in like soho Mm-hmm. and interview people if they were willing to be interviewed and yeah, make absolutely. a modern version of that really easily. Mm-hmm. I think from watching her films and like doing more research like this, I felt very excited about how accessible her approach seemed to be. Yeah, it, it's, um, it seems very much of an anthropology way mm-hmm. of looking at it. Yeah. And documenting, it for this, you know, documenting these people for the sake of... Mm-hmm. because they need to be heard it's almost the same as like it's almost like a sister to her rubies or neil hurston in mm-hmm. her research you know going into she was the only one going into like the sawmills right. and everything when she chose her project mm-hmm. um and saying these people this is the only time and place this will exist mm-hmm. and we need to talk about these people in this time and place you know sorry my neighbor's running up the <laughs> it's all right um, that's New York. You can't get away from, <laughs> yeah. from external noise. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's the same of, you know, as she's doing this one street, it's probably because everything was changing, things mm-hmm. are closing down. I yeah. wonder if you 
you know, if I had had the hindsight, maybe two years ago before a lot of places in the West Village closed down mm. to do that same thing. Mm-hmm. Pick a street and just talk to the street owners. Yeah. It would have been cool to do like a before and after. Mm-hmm. Like during the moment and then after. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to touch on this real quick because it's not like, I don't know, super deep to get into, but... Mm-hmm. A lot of people were like, Anya is a feminist filmmaker, and she didn't necessarily claim that, but a lot of things that she did mm-hmm. pointed to her being a feminist, like signing the Manifesto of the 30, 343, mm-hmm. um, which was a French petition signed by 343 women who had mm-hmm. an abortion during a time when abortion was illegal in France, mm-hmm. um, and that helped get the ball rolling to legalize um, abortion in France mm-hmm. up to 10 weeks. So... It's like some of her films had a very feminist view, but just because she's not like wearing a pin that says I'm a feminist doesn't mean that she's not. Yeah, I don't think necessarily like a label. And sometimes I don't think it's that you're afraid of a label. I Mm -hmm. think that's thrown way too much at someone like someone like me who will be thrown the label of like you're not a feminist. Like, but definitely will have a view that's female forward. Mm -hmm. You know, it's something we all struggle with. I think sometimes outside of a label, we just, mm-hmm. you can be more conservative or liberal about certain things. And, it, you know, just having the right and believing the right that women should have control of their own bodies. Yeah. But at the same time, as far as like personal sexuality, what you believe to be morally right and wrong or different, mm-hmm. you, you know, and so like, I totally get it. Yeah. Like I, I think don't necessarily. That can also be a box itself too, right? Yeah, Where it's it like, is. Well, if I put myself in this category, do I have to make everything from that perspective? Uh, yeah. And do you want to believe things from all things or right. like, that's the exact key? Do mm-hmm. I want to make everything from that perspective? Right. Like I just, I'm switching up my channel now and it's just because I realized not that I wouldn't ever be doing things from female forward. Mm-hmm. That's usually the first thing in my mind. Right. Like it's usually about um, female-led films or directed or created. Mm-hmm. So, But at the same time, some of the films that I want to talk about that may be from a black perspective or anything else, I might mm-hmm. have to move away from that section. Right. So it was like, did I want to stop that or did I want to follow my curiosity? Mm-hmm. And if I say I only do this, that means I can't talk to this person regardless right. of if they're an ally or not. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you just want to do that. So right. like, I definitely, it can be a pigeonhole. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if you find it's not a pigeonhole, and it's it opens you up then why not Mm -hmm. um but like i totally get it i may not have that label but i totally get it (laughs) yeah i totally understand that too like she did have her own style filmmaking wise and we talked about her hairstyle and her look like she's definitely she definitely had her own style Mm -hmm. um and so i think that avoiding being pigeonholed probably worked out in her favor so that she could be more curious and mm-hmm. do narrative and documentary and photography and mm-hmm. just kind of like enjoy her her career and mm-hmm. all that it could be yeah um she did pass away last year early last year and then at the end of the year a documentary came out about her life but i can't find it mm-hmm. to like watch online i see that the company that made it is like book a screening so i think they're still in the early stages of the release i guess yeah um, distribution especially now could be a problem like if you right, especially right. if you choose to independently produce yeah so it could be that they're like 
not a lot of people know about it yet so mm-hmm. we'll garner some more attention maybe and then release it i'm not sure what their um plan is with that but one of the things that we should mention before we move on to lucy is that Agnes coined her own filmmaking style mm-hmm. i'm again gonna butcher it because it's a french pronunciation but it's cinecriture Mm-hmm. which is like cine- cinema writing mm-hmm. and she is quoted as saying like this is a film to be read so it's it's more of like I guess you're taking in all of the film you're not just like along for the ride yeah on its own like it's meant to be interpreted and yeah I think read in that sense yeah and I often think of like it I feel like I'm getting this wrong, but like there's <laughs> been a discussion as, you know, artist intent versus um, audience mm-hmm. how, perception, right? Yeah. So you don't, it, like sometimes, or I recently read an article, uh, article about that, you don't necessarily, not every artist has everything intended. Mm-hmm. And particularly in geek fandom, but I feel like in any type of fandom, you're like, no, 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 this, you know, the curtains are red because right. blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you're like, the artist is like, yeah, that's exactly what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> this is this because of this, or, mm-hmm. you know, like M. Night Shyamalan, the usage of red to indicate the presence of a ghost mm. in um, the Science? sixth sense. Yeah, the sixth sense. Oh, was- was very important so mm-hmm. that was a classic intention everything else in that film could be read from that's your right perspective. signs was aliens yes signs was aliens <laughs> Six yeah yeah and there's a lot of logic problems with that but mm-hmm. that's once again when you get high on your own supply <laughs> yeah but i think that makes sense it's like mm-hmm. some books that we read when we were younger people were like what did the author mean by this but mm-hmm. sometimes authors don't mean for it to be like anything specific, they yeah. want your imagination to run with it, or they do mean it to be specific. Yeah. And sometimes a glass of water is a glass of water, but yeah. like unless the artist comes out and says this glass of water means blah blah right. blah, you know, in her esteem, she's like they're meant to be read. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I have intent, and sometimes I don't. Sometimes I want you to think. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I like that. All right, let's move on to uh, Lucy Worsley. Lucy, yeah. <laughs> this is where your expertise really kicks in. You know her a lot more than I do. Yeah, I love and adore her. <laughs> um, I was doing, when I was doing some research on her, I was like, wow, I'm not really finding a whole lot about her youth. Like, I see that she was born in Reading and that she mm-hmm. went to Oxford, but there's not really a lot in between that. Yeah, which I, I think that was interesting. Yeah, I think she's more of a product of like modern day. Mm. You, you know making where if you want to keep something very private you can like it's like you don't need to know where it came from what right. you need to know is my work you know <laughs> you don't need to know what I what yeah. my hobbies were in high school yeah 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 <laughs> and some people you can you know and I wonder if that's led to her creation and mm-hmm. I don't know if later on if someone ever does an in-depth thing about it they could find out and then some other documentarians like another British one by the name of Bethany Hughes mm. a lot of her um not particularly childhood but probably her youth had the influence in what she studies she does the ancient world particularly okay. like Greek mm-hmm. um Greece and her religion um mythology um but the way she studied and she like traveled with kind of like an avant-garde like mind troop or something for a little mm, while interesting. But, yeah but at the same time that leads to theater history mm-hmm. and, and a lot of that's coming out of like 
if you are doing um, Greek mythology, Greek mythology and religion and drama were all in one. Mm-hmm. Like they, these were in service to Especially the gods. Especially ancient history, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so this, it's, it lends its way. So I would mm-hmm. say, yeah, that probably had, a, that definitely had a huge effect on Bethany Hughes. Mm-hmm. Lucy Worsley, she was probably like, you don't need to know that I didn't talk to anyone <laughs> in junior high school. It yeah, didn't matter. That I only read books on uh, British history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, one thing I did think was really funny was that she said her father wanted her to follow in his, like, he's a geologist, so he's mm-hmm. like, I want you to follow in my science mm-hmm. footsteps, right? And she was like, no, nah, I'm, I'm interested in history. And he's like, well, if you get a degree in history, you're going to be cleaning toilets for a living, yeah. which obviously did not come true. No, but it could have been. Um, like, it's it's weird that we say that now, but, yeah, you don't get a lot of money for, an you know, an academic career. Mm-mm. Unless like, you're going to be a history professor, I guess. Like, yeah, there's not yeah. really a lot of anticip- and expectation he, around yeah, it. Yeah, there's not a lot of expectation around it. Yeah, he's probably scared for her as a woman. <laughs> yeah. You know, because you didn't always get tenure. It's a mm. little better now. So, like, I can imagine um, also, like, thinking about someone like Taylor Leone who wanted to be a sociologist and mm. her father saying to her, um, go to a cocktail party. Oh, wow. With a bunch of sociologists and tell me what you want to do. <laughs> Wow. It's like, I know you have this interest in this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, we get on teachers before. I mean, if she wanted to be an actress, that'd probably be in the same conversation. Right, yeah. Um, but we don't, like, literally, uh, a liberal arts or humanities career, mm-hmm. you know, if you decide on that being your major, you yeah. might be broke for the rest of your life. Although here I am with a film degree, still. So yeah, still. Still puts in a way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hoping for the best. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so she she was a historic curator after she graduated with her history degree from Oxford. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where I had some fun researching because I was like, what the heck is a manor house and mm-hmm. what could she possibly do there? Mm-hmm. So I'm like going down the rabbit hole of like, what is Milton Manor? And it's um, it's like a parish. It's a civil parish mm-hmm. with a population of only 1,200. Which yeah. I was like, wow. So she's working at like this fancy house. Mm-hmm. surrounded by not a lot of people yeah probably just making sure like everything is accounted for in the house mm-hmm. and is in good condition yeah I'm like that sounds incredibly boring to me but the research was exciting yeah yeah <laughs> I, I well england has a very very different like way of thinking of things like mm-hmm. it's they the class is so much i won't say race isn't important because they're having problems with that even now but mm-hmm. like class can sometimes like trump that all mm. you know it, it 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 melds a little bit but the idea that you still have things lingering from the medieval they just have history yeah I have history dating back before the Romans all the way to now. And when things are solidified that there is a class system Mm -hmm. and a strata, you you know, those things still remain. So they have years and years and years of, you know, of manners and Mm -hmm. everything like that. And then you still have the central lord of the, you know, that's where that term comes (laughs) from, lord of the manor, taking care of the surrounding county mm-hmm. or parish yeah. town you know you have one person and there's a duty associated with that and we don't get that Amer- as Mm-mm. americans because you know that's something that is handed down by you know 
by family and mm-hmm. by blood. And so we don't connect to that, even though we do have generational families or dynasties like that we like to say that we do look towards but there was a duty associated like that where the person knew growing up they were in charge of this Mm. and there was also that turnaround there's this weird symbiotic relationship where the people of that parish and of that country really do expect a certain amount of mm. return for that so like we don't have a royal family but the same no. <laughs> and we don't put the same parameters uh, on our presidential family as Mm-mm. people in england put on their royal family that's true like we think about like why they have like such parameters but at the same time it's what they are expected to do because mm-hmm. the people expect them to do and there's not that situation <laughs> um and the closest we have to a manor is like you know, plantation, and we don't want to talk about that. No, so, like, <laughs> we want to sweep that under the rug. Yeah, and just move yeah, on. it's just not the same. So, like, to historic, like, to think of restoring a historical house mm-hmm. in the same vein is is very different in England. Mm-hmm. You know, and because I guess there's probably those. more pride too, where yeah. ours is clearly this is English. Yes, <laughs> this is English history. <laughs> um, but from there, like she did a few more curatorial jobs before landing at um, Historic Royal Houses. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. where she's currently, I think, the chief curator, yeah. right? Or one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, so she's responsible for the Tower of London, which mm-hmm. is kind of wild, among other places. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think she's currently like a co-chief curator with another woman which makes sense because she needs to have time to make her shows Mm -hmm. um but i think it seems like she spent about a decade like working in some curatorial manner whether with um, a specific building or with like art of artifacts and historical landmarks i think one thing i read says she worked with like stonehenge Mm -hmm. i'm like yeah. So she's she's been like all over history, it seems like, which definitely sets her up to be qualified to have all these shows that yeah. talk about like here's a home and it's mm-hmm. and it's um what's her series where she it's like in, in the wall if the walls could talk or yeah, something. Yeah, the like walls that. could talk. That's exactly that. That's how I discovered Lucy Worsley. I number number one, I love historical documentaries. Mm-hmm. Like that's really the only documentary I'll sit, sit down and watch, unless I'm kind of forced to by someone else. Like if <laughs> like if I decided like we're hanging out and you're like I want to watch something and you choose a documentary, I'll probably watch it. Mm. But it's not my go-to. So for a little while, quite honestly, if I have afternoon off or whatever off, and like mm-hmm. I'll I will binge watch just documentary historical <laughs> documentaries about medieval period. Wow, yeah. <laughs> and that's how I discovered her. I think I just literally typed in documentary BBC documentaries because mm-hmm. I already and she's went like through. i have all of them what do yeah, you want to watch I have all of them. <laughs> well at the time she didn't have that much but oh, okay. if these walls could talk yeah. and i really thought it was fascinating that someone did the history of domestic spaces mm-hmm. and the evolution of each room in the house and how important they are mm-hmm. because that's something you know number one that's incredibly important from a feminine point of view because you have this person domestic spaces are feminine mm-hmm. spaces yeah um because yeah, the kitchen cleaning the, the kitchen those are yeah. all stereotypically women well not even yeah well they are stereotypical Female because roles, you know yeah. that's where we were you had to be mm-hmm. and i think what opened my eyes about these spaces is to give them importance not be 
because of the innovation that Mm -hmm. existed within those spaces but to also get back pride because it was you you know being put there was only something that was very victorian in a way Mm -hmm. you know from victorian age on that was where you were supposed to be before that role is more important because it did it was distinctly a division of labor Mm mm-hmm that you had to do you had to divide labor up and it's only in the modern sense and now maybe it's coming in where things are a little bit more equal because you have a lot more opportunity both in and outside the house Mm -hmm. that that becomes important but before you're talking medieval times up through the georgian period there was no way way other to divide it the amount of things that needed to be done Mm -hmm. Unless we work together as a family, the children included, right. there was no other way. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unfortunately, it became a stereotype because you had to stay there mm-hmm. to the point of leading to hysteria. Um, oh my gosh! You, you know, men yeah. going out and being creative—that but that mm-hmm. comes along with the industrial revolution. But mm-hmm. before, it's like maybe you would be in here but at the same time you might be out in the field as well it it was like we need to work together as a family Mm -hmm. yeah it wasn't to survive yeah to survive (laughs) it was just literally about survival Mm -hmm. and to see the evolution of that place even from i think what opened my eyes to see something like the kitchen going from a very communal place Mm -hmm. where and this is where lord of the manor comes in like you might not have a spouse uh space in your household or the kitchen was the central of the household because um, that's the only place you have warmth and everything. And you needed to keep it separate from everything else so it wouldn't burn everything down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then fair. Fair. <laughs> and then also when you have a castle or manor, like when you look at older ones, there are huge large spaces to mm-hmm. include the community because he had to. Mm-hmm. And he wasn't as separate. So, uh, you know, he or she that's in charge, they're not as separate from the community. The lord or lady of the like, manor. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I think, too, like watching something like this, you forget, particularly in the me- medieval period, how, you know, you know, equal or how important it was to have a woman. Not mm-hmm. necessarily as queen, but, you know, but late women played a hugely important part in domestic spaces. And it, it was... It solidified in me the need to reclaim that space because it's an important, important example of strength and mm. ingenuity and, you know, you know, dexterity with women, mm-hmm. those domestic spaces. And it leads to other things, including film, because oftentimes women don't, women's films are about domestic spaces and we need to include that. Mm -hmm. And we shouldn't like, yeah, men are always, we shouldn't have to hide. You don't hide it because men are already going to try to throw it away. Let's include (laughs) that is what I'm saying. Yeah. Embrace it. Embrace it. But if these walls can talk and definitely my next one was the Regency period where she talks about how that space and these were her up. first two show, uh, first two shows in 2000, 2011. So yeah. she had, it's cool that like she put two shows out in the same year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's not as if like she had one and they were like, let's just wait and see mm-hmm. if it's any good. But they're just like, all right, here's two shows. Yeah. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty cool. 
Um, and then after that, she had Empire of the Sars mm-hmm. and her most recent one, I think it's American History's, American History's Biggest Fibs. Yes. Which is... Because she did the British ones. Yeah. So she did take her, you know, take herself down a notch. <laughs> <laughs> you know. But yeah, she like covered mostly, it seemed like, British history throughout the last mm-hmm. almost decade. And then... Yeah, her expertise has started in... branching out. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, her expertise are usually from the medieval to the Georgian period having to do with uh england or british history but like the the harlots Mm -hmm. housewives and heroines yes that covers the restoration period and women during the restoration history is not my strongest (laughs) my strongest restoration (laughs) is what basically when the monarchy was restored um basically a little bit before that Mm -hmm. uh they during the english civil war they had kicked out it's like Sandwiched between the two, the Stuart period or the Tudor period for a little bit more of a more common understanding too mm-hmm. about um, when they brought the monarchy back. Mm-hmm. And that was very important because they kicked out the monarchy for a little while. That didn't work. And they were like, okay, we're going to bring you back, but with some rules. <laughs> that makes sense. I do like the way that um, her shows go about because like historical docs are not really my Mm-mm. my greatest interest mm-hmm. but i like that she's like i'm gonna talk to you for a little bit mm-hmm. then i'm gonna act some things out for you mm-hmm. and then i'm gonna talk to people who are experts so mm-hmm. that you get variety in like the 52 yeah. minutes it keeps it keeps your attention yeah. and it's def- definitely divided up so you get to it's see the example like history fact after fact yeah and boring you yeah because yeah. It, it just takes it it takes it out is it, it I love history, first of all. I don't know if you've gotten it from this conversation. But <laughs> I think I can tell. <laughs> yeah. But I love history. Yeah. I find it fascinating. And I find what I find fascinating about history is that we are every there's nothing new under the sun. Mm-hmm. And yet when you read books, people particularly men when they write down they, they make it as dry as <laughs> yeah. human possible it's and just so fact self important yeah and... self important but when you look back at the people mm-hmm. and particularly when you're looking at diaries and domestic spaces that's where you really get a sense of who these people were and, and they become alive yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and if you just look at the facts and just like the common knowledge like we look at women it's like yeah, you would never know why it was so important during the restoration period, like how romance developed, mm-hmm. that a man wasn't considered a man until he was married and he couldn't get a wife until he could set up a household. Right. So, you know, how proposals actually come about the modern idea of getting that ring and speaking to a woman evolves over time. And it's like it comes with, a you know, it's through these examples is like yeah it comes about because you have this period in time where you have men who are now working outside of a farm and they can't set themselves out as a man mm. until they actually get a house and a wife but you can't get a wife until you have a house and no woman was actually going to look at you that's interesting until she did like we you just think of women being married off and that's so, so not often the case and i think the gift of lucy worsley is that you begin to understand that women had so much more agency that we give them credit for yeah i think you're right because <laughs> like, when i think about history and like women in history mm-hmm. and just like how they lived it definitely is more of like mm-hmm. it you give 
a man her and like a cow or something and like that's it mm-hmm. and that it's like not very exciting or very yeah um self-empowering no or not at all. at all and then i think she's like let's actually take a step back yeah she does a huge one on uh she does a three part episode on the history of romance and how the wow. idea of romance evolves over the over time mm-hmm. from from it starts in the Georgian period to now to modern period because romance the idea of romance starts then you get the romantic period which is what the romantic period actually is is this time and place where people started moving from the farms out into towns and countries so now you had all these different you could have a job now Mm -hmm. you weren't just like it wasn't just a title. You wouldn't just farmer or whatever. But also what comes about, because you now have this new, because of new money and because of the expansion of the time of like being able to travel on the continent, you have this huge like kind of like idea of new artistic idea of feelings and of nature and being in touch with your mm-hmm. like feelings and everything and we it brings us like frankenstein and shelley and lord byron mm. and <laughs> but that also affects the idea of romance going from this very communal idea of who you marry it wasn't just because before when you got married it was a decision not just of your father it was a decision of your family and what was best for the community Mm -hmm. if you didn't want two families to merge because it'd be too powerful the village might have something to say about it and we don't think about that no we don't (laughs) at all yeah to evolving till you get to the victorian period and this idea of courtship and having a valentine's day and everything like that and a proposal you know, it was something very much considered. Of, we think of fathers all the time, like <laughs> you must marry, blah blah blah, and not really realizing how much mothers and daughters would actually. You're going through each man's portfolio mm-hmm. to see who's best for your daughter. That's why to see who's Cash best that for would you suck today. Yeah, could you imagine like just? <laughs> no, there's so many awful men out there yeah. who look good on paper. Yeah, who look good on paper, and you know that's the huge problem problem of that but you know women keep it and that's why that proposal was so important Mm. to think that's i mean believe the rule was i believe is three months salary to get married oh wow unless (laughs) that would not happen today no (laughs) no but that's pretty wild i didn't know that she like did in depth on that i wouldn't Mm -hmm. have thought that that was even yeah something that could be interesting yeah it's it's hugely interesting and the and the evolution of now it's more equal like how do we get on together it mm-hmm. went from a very communal idea to a very individual mm-hmm. bargain between two people and how do we get on or do we even want to get married right but even when the modern episode hits and she's talking about you know you being able to be gay and have that privilege of getting married or you know as other people are making you know heterosexual people are like making decisions well we don't need a piece of paper you know what does that mean mm-hmm. and i think that's extremely important i think that's the gift of lucy worsley the gift of domestic spaces mm-hmm. and how much agency you and have she's in clearly like not compromising on her interests because she's been talking about that in mo- not most, but like in at least half of her shows, like mm-hmm. she's talking about women's roles in these historical environments that yes. are often overlooked. Mm-hmm. And I think that's pretty cool. Like she's been like working for the BBC, making content that's female driven mm-hmm. about history we've 
some of us have learned, but not mm-hmm. that aspect of it. Yes. So yes. that's pretty cool. Yeah. And taking us to task for others. But I, mm-hmm. I, I, yeah, I, like I said, I love and adore her. And it, it, the fact that she sucks you in, mm-hmm. to, she's that teacher. You're like, oh, learning is fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so, this has been, these are two different women. Mm-hmm. Like, Agnes has got a very different approach to, like, f- filmmaking and what mm-hmm. storytelling she, what stories she's telling than Lucy does. But I think it's cool that both of them seem to have been, like, we're just going to pursue our interests wholeheartedly mm-hmm. and see where that takes us. I think that's pretty inspiring. Yeah, that, and it seems like they both have the similar, in a similar vein, um, finding gold in the trash Mm -hmm. you you know what everyone (laughs) would kind of throw away or it's too simple to be important Mm -hmm. you know whether it's um i want to alice is not the name agnes 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 yeah um her just interviewing street you know shopkeepers right and it's normal everyday life Right, that you would assume is going to be pretty boring. The same way that I think history is going to be boring. Yeah, but but at the same time, giving life to it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and saying this is why it's important. It's important because they exist. Mm -hmm. Or it's important because we ask the questions about why Black Panthers are doing it. Mm -hmm. Following your curiosity is really important to the both of them. Yeah. And what you're curious about. And if you can present what you're curious about in the way that you get the most people to listen, I Mm -hmm. think it's the most beautiful thing. Yeah, when your curiosity piques other people's interests. Yes. It's like, it's a beautiful thing. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I feel like that's a good place to end, is like, <laughs> follow your curiosity, see where oh, it takes you. Yeah. And other people might might uh, jump on board. Yeah. Curiosity killed the cap of satisfaction for whatever. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for joining us on episode two. Yes. And we'll have, like, more links and resources and all that. Else. Yeah. Check it out. Bye.